0: be back at Mount Gerizim always an honor to be here excited about what God's doing and the things ahead we've been pretty busy lately just as always thank God there's a lot of work to do isn't there turn to your neighbor say there's work to do and we just uh, last week we were in Galleon Ohio down near Mansfield and we were down there ministering and Uh, Saw God do some things. People were healed. It always happens. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He's still a healer here, just like he was on the shores of Galilee. And then the week before that, we were out in Elyria, Ohio, on the west side of Cleveland. And I'll share one of those testimonies with you. Some people were healed there as well. There was a woman who came in. She had hurt her shoulder pretty bad, shutting the door of her car, and messed it up. And she couldn't lift it above her elbow or above her shoulder. She couldn't lift, like, her elbow above her shoulder, you know. And she'd been to the doctors, and they took scans and MRIs and all this couldn't figure out what was going on but thank God even when the world doesn't have an answer Jesus still has an answer isn't that right Uh, I didn't know what was going on with her shoulder, but we were just sharing. Actually, we were gonna be there and then we were coming back. A couple, uh, we'll be back there March 10th. And I saw her in the audience and I remembered how God had touched her in one of our services a few years back. And I said, Sister Carol, share your testimony. And she shared the testimony about how she came to hear us preach in Ashtabula, Ohio. Came out two hours, came to one of our miracle services in Ashtabula, friends invited her. She was away from the Lord at the time. She came forward, we laid hands on her. She was suffering from a lot of lung, trouble emphysema addicted to smoking, had been trying to quit it but couldn't you know but wanted to and we, she came forward in the service we laid hands on her in Jesus name she fell out like we say in the spirit you know she it fell back in the spirit when she woke when she got up when she came to herself she was free from smoking her lungs had opened up and God filled her with the Holy Ghost amen she stood up and she started praying in the Holy Ghost and then she heard, told a part of the story Sunday that I hadn't heard and she said for three days uh it was so strong the Presence of God and just God's reality in my life was so strong she said after three days I had to tell him to let up on me it was too much amen we serve a real God don't we So she told that story. Then she said, but you know, my shoulder's been bothering me. I said, well, come on forward, Carol. Uh, Jesus is here today. And just like he's helped you before, he could help you again this morning. And she came forward. We commanded in Jesus name and instantly she had full range of movement restored to that shoulder. All the pain left. And she was waving her arms, praising God. Isn't Jesus good? Now, I said that story. There's a couple applications I'd like to make. Has God ever blessed anybody in this place before? Raise your hand if he has. Has he ever done something for you that man said was impossible? Keep your hand up. Amen. Has he he ever done something for you, helped you in some way that you knew it was God? There's nothing that man could have done, but God did it for you. You can put your hands down now. Let's thank him for that. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and just like Pastor Bill said you know the good news is this morning that God doesn't change he's the same God this morning if he's ever blessed you before he's here to bless you today Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever people change the world changes things change all around us but the Bible makes a point God says there's no shadow of turning with me amen Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever we change things change God doesn't change he's the same He loves you today. Like he's always loved you. Jesus is the same. He's got compassion on you today. Like he's always had compassion. Praise God. Jesus is the same. He's got power today. Like he's always had power. He's got you. He's got you on his mind today. Like he's always had you on his mind. He's the same today. Turn to somebody and say he's the same. If You have your Bibles with you. Turn with me to the book of John this morning. If you don't, you could maybe read on with somebody nearby or just listen and we'll read John chapter nine. And we'll start in verse one, John chapter nine and verse one story from the ministry of Jesus. When he walked the shores of Galilee, when he was walking the earth, John chapter nine in verse one, and it says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. That's a good story. He went and washed and came back seeing. Now, there's been a lot of confusion about this story. You know, there's the part where it says here in the beginning, the disciples are asking... They said, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And some people have misinterpreted that as thinking, well, God must have made that man blind so that he could then see at a later time. But you see, Jesus said, no, this man wasn't blind because he sinned or because his parents sinned. He said, but that the works of God might be seen. In other words, the works of God hadn't been seen in this man's life yet. Jesus said, but they're about to be seen, but that the works of God might be seen. So that means somebody else had been working before that point. Turn to your neighbor, say somebody else. Because Jesus said now, he said now, but that the works of God might be seen. Now, see, now it wasn't that the purpose, God didn't make that man blind for a purpose, but there's an amazing thing that God can do. He can take something that the devil meant for harm and he can give it a redemptive purpose so that it'll be a blessing to somebody. He didn't cause it, but he turned it around and made it a testimony for his glory. Has he ever did, done anything in your life, life with something in your life like that before? Somebody said, well, I had a horrible childhood. This happened to me. That happened to me. Maybe God did it because he wanted me to have a ministry to minister to those kind of people. No, God didn't do it. But he's the Bible says all things work out to the good for those who love God. Doesn't say he causes all things, but he's got this miracle power that he could work out all things to work for your good. Isn't that Amazing. He doesn't cause it, but he can take what the attacks of the devil, the things that have come against you. And because nothing's impossible for him, he can actually hard to fathom. He could actually make it better than if it didn't happen. Doesn't mean he caused it. Doesn't mean he made it happen, but he can take a bad and make it a good. Amen. So Jesus is saying that here. He says, no, this man didn't sin, his parents didn't sin, but that the works of God might be seen. He said, in other words, now God's going to start working on the situation. The blindness wasn't the work of God. He said, but now this, now the works of God must be seen in this man's life. Now, you think about that. What kind of work does God do? Well, God didn't make that man blind. God made, gave that man sight. Jesus said that the works of God might be seen. Now, I've used this illustration before. It makes it kind of plain. If sickness was the work of God, Jesus would have had his hand in it. Because he said, I've come to do the will of him that sent me. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If sickness and suffering and all that was the work of God, Jesus would have had his hand in it. In other words, there would have been at least one person that Jesus just beat. At least one, right, Mike? At least one. There would have been at least one person that Jesus plucked out their eyes and said, now you might not understand this now, but all your friends will be saved and you'll be closer to me because of it. And just it's a blessing to you. The wheels are turning, man. But right, isn't that right? If sickness was the work of God, Jesus would have had his hand in it. Would have been at least one person that Jesus took a pipe and wiped out their kneecaps and said, this is going to be a blessing to you. You're going to grow so close to me through this. At least one. Somebody say at least one. There would have been one person. At least God would have, he didn't give us anything to work with here folks. There would have been at least one person. One person in all these thousands of people that Jesus dealt with. One person that he just destroyed, man, that he just wore out and worked over and said, "This is the Lord's work in your life." The Bible makes it plain, doesn't it? Not only Not only if sickness was the work of God, not only would Jesus have a hand in it, if sickness was the work of God, we the church would have a hand in it. Because we're his hands, we're his feet, we're the body of Christ. We're here to do the will of the Father. We're here to do the work of God. In other words, you know, we pray for the sick in our services very often. Well, if sickness was the work of God, we might not just pray for the sick to be healed. We might pray for people to get sick before they leave the service have two healing lines at the end or actually a healing line and a sickness line and before we pray we just tell everybody now take a minute wait on the Lord see which line he wants you to get into Listen, if sickness was the work of God, we're here to do the work of God. Isn't that right? We want to do God's work. If sickness was the work of God, listen to me, brother and sister, we would play a part in it. We would have a role in it. We would be co-laboring with God, not just to get people healed, but we would be co-laboring with God to see people sick. The Bible makes it plain. Everybody say it makes it plain. But no, we're talking about the work of God this morning. It says here, Jesus said that the works of God might be seen. Now, you know, the man was blind. And once we see that the works of God start taking place in this man's life, Jesus didn't knock out his kneecaps and say, there, now you can't walk either. The works of God are seen in your life. No, he was healed. He opened up his blind eyes. But here's something that, so that's the work of God. Everybody say, I want to work with God. This is the work that God wants to do in your life. He's got a good plan for you. Good plan. And this is something that we would all generally consider to be good. I love what Jesus said. He said, you being evil, if you, you know how to give your kids good things. I'm paraphrasing here. You being evil, you know how to give your good, thing, good things to your, to your children. How much more? Your Father in heaven. Everybody say, how much more? He gives good things to those who ask him. And in that statement, Jesus is appealing to our common sense as even his parents or who've known parents and saying, you know how to do good for your kids. I mean, unless there's something seriously wrong with people, most of us generally understand what's good to do to kids. And Jesus is saying, how much more your father in heaven, he wants to do good in your life. What Jesus did for this man, everybody would gen- generally consider good. It's good for somebody who was blind to now be seeing. Bible said in Acts 10:38, Jesus went about doing good. And when it said he did good, he did good just like what you think is good. He went about and healed people. They didn't leave him worse than, than they found him. They left better for meeting Jesus. They left better than the way that they came. He went about doing good. That's the work of God. And verse, again, in verse 4, I want to read to you again. It said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. There's been this impression I think that some people have had that there's going to be a time when the church is here when all of a sudden evil is going to get so powerful that the church is not going to be able to work anymore. I do not believe that is true. I don't think that darkness cannot come until the light leaves and we are the light of the world there cannot so in other words that the hour is coming is when light is no longer going to be here we're not going to be here for that Jesus is the light of the world we are if, if he's here we're here if we're here he's here amen as long as you and I are here it's not going to get dark amen praise God Jesus said let your light shine before men now you think about it some people some people they cry oh it's getting so dark it's getting so dark if I go home to my house at night and it's dark I don't fall on my knees and cry about how dark it is I reach over and hit the light switch and turn on the light and an amazing thing happens the darkness flees you and I can do something about the darkness amen Jesus is inside of us he is the light of the world we need to let that light shine let your light shine But he says this statement, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. I must work. Everybody say, I must. I must must work the works of him who sent me. Now, then he said in another translation, it's translated, actually, Jesus says there, we must work the works of him who sent me. Talking to his disciples, he said, we have to do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, we got to work. There's a work that Jesus said we must do we must do this work. Look at the characteristics of the work of God. Folks, if there's ever been an hour where we need to be about the work of God, it's this hour. (laughs) Now is the time. We've come to the kingdom for a time such as this. This is the season that we were born in. God could have chosen any other time for us to be born, any other place. But we were born now. We were born here. This is the time that God chose for us to walk the earth. He had a purpose in that. And in our time, in the time that he placed us on this earth, that he chose for us to live, could have been 200 years ago, could have been some time in the future. But right now, we were born for this time. And right now, we must do the work of him that sent us. We must do the work of him that sent us. Now there's a lot of work that's good to do. And there's a lot of work that uh, blessing to people. And there's a lot of work that's reasonable. Things that you could do. But there's one work that we must do. We must do the works of him that sent us. We must do it. You ever have a job around the house? And everybody in the house thinks that somebody else is going to get to it. Everybody always thinks, well, somebody else is going to do it, right? Whether it be dishes or feeding the cat or, you know, whatever. Somebody's going to do it. Everybody always assumes that somebody else is going to be about doing it. And what happens? Nobody does it. It doesn't get done because everybody thinks somebody else is doing it. Has that ever happened in your house? Raise your hand everybody thinks well somebody else will do it i think that's how we think about the works of god sometimes somebody's going to do it somebody else will do it i'm busy somebody else no we must everybody say we we must do the works of him that sent us we got to be about that work we must do the works of him that sent us what is this work number one it's a supernatural work we see that what jesus did in that man's life it was supernatural the work that God's called us to do is supernatural. Boy, I, all those, some of those songs, so many of those songs were like my favorites this morning. I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. That's a supernatural thing that happens in the life of the believer. There's supernatural power that flows out of the life of the believer. Listen, it's important that we feed the poor. We should do it. It's important that we're, that we, you know, are a blessing to people and to people we should do it but there is a work that we must do we must do supernatural work amen we must do the work of God because if we don't do it nobody else will do it are you hearing me this morning if we don't do it nobody else can do it they said of Jesus no man could do these miracles unless God be with him the kind of work that we need to do it's only people could do that have God with them amen we've got to do the works of him that sent us Jesus did a supernatural work in this man's life. We say, Brother Jeremy, why is it got to be supernatural? Two reasons. People need help that nobody but God can give. People need help that nobody but God can give. And we can help people to a certain degree. But there is a help that every human being needs that only God can give. This blind man needed help that nobody else could help this blind man but God. He needed God's kind of help. And with, that's what the, Jesus needed to bring to that man. Every lost person needs to, needs to be born again. And that's a help that only God could bring in their life. We must do the work of him that's in us. It's a supernatural work. Like I said, the two reasons. One, because people need work, that, people need help that only God can give. Two, is because the hand of God is only seen where the ability of man ends. Let me say that again. The hand of God is only seen where the ability of man ends. It's only when somebody says, you look, you can see it in the scriptures. It's logical. It makes sense. God is only seen where somebody looks at a situation. They said, there's no way that could have happened unless God did it. Something more happened there than man can do. Boy, that's my prayer for every service. I say, God, just be seen in this service that everybody would know that more happened in this service than man could do. The hand of God is only seen where the ability of man ends. That's where the hand of God is seen. You want God's hand seen in your life like that, don't you? on the workplace, at the job, at the family reunion, whatever, at Easter, at Thanksgiving, wherever it is, you know, that, you would, that people would look at your life and say, listen, I, th- they can't do that. There's more happening in their life than any person can do. God is working in that person's life. We need to do a supernatural work because the hand of God needs to be seen. Jesus said we must do this work. If we don't do it, nobody else will because nobody else can. People need help. People need help that man can't give. No, no social organization can give it. No, no government can give it. No, 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 whatever it is. I mean, no human being alive. With the, you think of the human being that has the most resources and the most finances. There's people that have problems that no amount of money can fix. You know, there's wealthy people that come up against things that, that, that have millions and billions of dollars. But there's help that they can't get without God. And we need to bring that kind of help. Amen. We must do the works of him that sent us. We must do the works of Jesus. So he comes to this man and he brings him help, supernatural help. First thing, it's supernatural help. It's good. It's generally what we would consider good. In other words, Jesus didn't go around and supernaturally hurt people. He didn't go around and make people's lives supernaturally worse, but he went around and made people's lives supernaturally better. Amen. Supernaturally improved. And everybody generally considered that that's what he did, except for the people that were clouded by religion in his day and just today. It's the same. The only people that didn't think that Jesus were doing good is people that had twisted religious ideas. The general populace said, this guy's good. They followed him. They flocked to him. It was people that their religion somehow perverted what Jesus was doing that they didn't think it was good for a blind person to see or a lame person to walk. And they had some kind of problem with it, you know. But he went around doing a supernatural work and he went around doing a supernaturally good work. He went around doing a work like they said, nobody could do it unless God be with him. And then I said, like he made this statement to his disciples. He said, we must do the work. Everybody say, I must do it. We all have a part in it. And I want to talk about a few ways that we can do it. One way is to receive what he has for you and be a testimony. Amen. Everybody say, I want to be a testimony be a testimony so many times when jocelyn and i come up against tests and trials i say, lord i thank you like let's say it was a a financial need that we need for going somewhere or doing something lord i thank you that you meet our needs but father i ask you to do it in such a way that your hand is seen not that we believe god not only for the answer but for a testimony did you know that god's big on testimonies i mean you read the gospels and it's filled with story after story after story woman with the issue of blood man at the pool of bethesda the ten lepers what are these they're testimonies of people's lives who were touched by a living God testimonies of God stepping down and intervening in somebody's life and doing what man said couldn't be done where his hand is seen amen I don't just want the promises of God in my life to be manifested I want them in such a way that he is seen that people look and they say God is real because of what happened in that person's life How do we do the works of him that sent us? One is be a testimony. Say, I'm going to be a testimony. Yeah, God wants to meet your needs. Praise God. Believe him to do it. He wants to meet your needs abundantly, but believe him to do it in such a way that his hand is seen in your life. Yes, God wants you healed, but believe him to do it in such a way that your neighbors and the people that you work with and your family look and they see nobody could have done that but God. Only God could have done that in that person's life. Be a testimony. That's one way to do the works of him that sent us. Another way is to share your testimony. Tell it. How many got a testimony? Raise your hand again. God's done for something for you. The person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. Think about that. The person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. They could sit there and, well, I believe this. You know, everybody, well, I believe God's like this, and I believe it's like this, and I believe there's, you know, lots of ways to heaven, and I believe this, and everybody has their own way, and you believe what you believe, and I believe what I believe. And you could say, well, I believe the Bible. Amen. And I, I, the Bible says, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I had hands laid on me. The doctor said this and that, but now, now I'm alive. Now, amen. You could say, well, I believe the Bible, and the Bible says, that he'll meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Boy, it looked like I was going under. It looked like there was no way out. But then God stepped in and did what was impossible above and beyond what my job can do. All of a sudden, it seemed like out of nowhere. It had to be a miracle. This is what God did for me. Boy, you'll find the argument stop when you got a testimony. Isn't that right? What do you say to that? Either you're just flat lying or it happened amen the only thing they could say is well you're lying that's it the person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument i was talking to this guy on the phone one time he was a he, he was an atheist hardcore atheist and he, i'm talking to him on the phone and he wants to argue with me about creation and why creation couldn't have happened the way it says in genesis and he's going through all these things with me and i listened to him for a couple seconds and i said that's all well and good i said but listen I said, let me tell you, you remember my dog growing up? How many had a dog growing up? We had a dog growing up. I grew up outside of Cleveland in Parma, Parma, Ohio. And I had this dog growing up, and this person I'd known for many years. I said, you remember my dog? I said, well, that dog came down with cancer. The vet said that the dog was going to die. And we took the dog to the vet. She was coughing up, you know, all kinds of stuff. And they said she'll only live a month. My dog, and, and I, so we, uh, he gave us this medication, and he said, the dog's not going to last as long as this bottle of medication, you know. So we took the dog home. My dad's an animal lover, man, so he he goes to the Lord in prayer about this dog. And You know, Deuteronomy 28 talks about blessings and cursings doesn't it talks about the blessings of Abraham will be ours in Galatians it says that Jesus became a curse so that we could be blessed so that we could have the blessings of Abraham so one of those blessings is that your livestock will be blessed you know throughout Deuteronomy 28 it talks about blessings on your livestock man my dad's looking for a loophole you know <laughs> he goes to the blessings of Abraham he says this is my livestock listen we could have fit three of my yards in this sanctuary right here when you live when you live on the west side of Cleveland, the only livestock you got room for is a miniature collie, you know. But my dad figured the word applies. So he, said, so he said, Lord, you said my livestock would be blessed. Cancer's not a blessing, and I'm standing on your word. And so, needless to say, a month goes by, and all the symptoms went away. The dog's living. My mom, what do we do now? The medication's gone that the doctor had given her. You know, the vet, the veterinary had given her. Takes the dog back to the vet. He's a Sikh of the Eastern religion, you know, Wears a turban. He examines the dog. He said, if my colleagues in Chicago, who I sent this blood test to, if they knew that this dog was still alive, they would laugh at me. That's what he said. He pulls my mom aside and he says, listen, he said, there's only one explanation. Your God healed this dog. Amen. Amen. That's that's science, man. That's That's not religious faith. That's science. I mean, there was blood tests to prove it. That's a fact. Webster says that a fact. Webster's dictionary says that a fact is something that has actually happened in reality. That's fact, folks. So I told him that testimony. Then I shared some more. You know, I won't go into all of them today, but I just shared some more. He was silent. He didn't have an argument. He said, well, I think I should maybe get in one of your services. I said, yeah, I think you should. The hand of God is seen where the ability of man ends and God needs to be seen in this generation. We could do something about it. One, we could be a testimony. Two, we can share a testimony. You got stories like that, share them, tell them, put them on Facebook. When God does something for you, amen, use it. God does something for you that that there's no explanation for. Man couldn't have done it, put it, get it out there. God got his testimonies out there, didn't he? He wanted us to know what Jesus did in the lives of people. He wanted us to know story after story of how people's lives were changed. We can follow that example. Be a testimony and get your testimony out there. What else can we do? Make some testimonies. What do you mean? Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. How many believers do we have in here? Bible says believers will cast out demons. Mark 16. Bible says signs will follow those who believe. God's got a signs and wonders ministry for you. It's your workplace. It's your neighborhood. In your family, signs follow believers. Where do you go? Well, I go to work. I go. I go overseas. I go here. I go there. Well, signs follow you wherever you go. Signs follow believers. That means they follow you to work. Amen. They follow you to school. They follow you to your neighborhood. Signs follow believers. Everybody say, "Signs follow me." So we need to make some testimonies. How? By accepting. Our signs and wonders ministry. Every one of you have one this morning. Believers will lay hands. Signs will follow believers. Not just the evangelist. Not just the pastor. Not just the prophet. Not just the apostle. Not just the teacher. Signs will follow believers. Say it again. Say signs follow me. Said the disciples went out and preached everywhere. God working with them. Confirming the word with the signs that accompany it signs accompany the word we need those signs today don't we and we have something to do about it you see jesus said we must do the works of him that sent us we must We have to do these works. There's some things that might be negotiable. There's some things that maybe one person's called to do, but another person doesn't. There may be some things that the body of Christ maybe goes through different waves and ebbs, you know, through its existence. And they emphasize on one thing for a while, then not. But listen, this is a work that we must do. This is something that Jesus did everywhere he went. Every place he went, he did supernatural work. Every city he went to, he healed the sick and cast out demons. There wasn't a day that Jesus took off of that. That was always a part of his day-to-day operation. Listen to me now, every representative that Jesus sent out, when he sent out the 12, he sent them out, every single one of them to heal the sick, to do supernatural work, amen, to help people in a supernatural way, to relieve their suffering in a supernatural way. When he sent out the 70, he sent out every one of them to do supernatural work and to help people in a supernatural way. And then in Mark 16, he sent out this whole church that all of us are a part of the church of God his whole body he sent us all out to go and not help people like we can help them not help them by the arm of the flesh but to let Jesus flow through us and be a supernatural blessing to everybody we meet we must do the work of him that sent us People just helping anybody. You're getting stirred up this morning. There's people out there. They're waiting on you. There's neighbors out there. They're waiting on you. There's co-workers out there. They're waiting on you. There's fellow students out there. They're waiting on you. People say, you know, people say, well, I don't want to talk about religion. They're not waiting for religion, but they are waiting for a living God. Amen. They are waiting for a God who could meet their needs. They are waiting for the hand of God to be seen. They are waiting to see the God that you serve, and they're waiting to see manifested in your life we must do this work but as we go out from this place god's going to bring opportunities across your path and just remember this this morning there's work that we must do peter saw jesus walking on the water and i'll close with this point then we'll minister and he says master if that's you bid me come unto you on the water now here's jesus doing this amazingly supernatural thing you know impressive right how many be impressed a man walking on water impressive You know, on the level of supernatural manifestations, it's high up there. And Peter sees this. And, you know, and he says, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. Now, this is something interesting that Peter had got to know Jesus to the point that he expected Jesus to invite him into this supernatural experience. Isn't that just what Jesus was like? Because as Peter walked with Jesus, Jesus healed the sick. And then he said, now you guys do it. Jesus cursed the fig tree and they were all impressed. And Jesus said, you can do this. And you can say unto unto a mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And you always see Jesus saying, come on, guys, you could do this too. In fact, like I said, this very story we read, he said, we, we must work the works of him that sent us. So, you know, there's always these invitations into the supernatural. So Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. He says, master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And Jesus says, all right, Peter, come on. I like the way Keith Moore says it. He didn't say, now you stay in the boat, all the walking on water that's going to be done around here. I'll do it. I'm the Messiah. He said, no, Peter, come on. Come out of the boat, Peter. Come out with me. Walk on the water with me, Peter. Get out of the limitations of this world. Come out here in the impossible and walk with me on the water. And he's calling you today to do the same thing. But you think about Peter. Jesus didn't come and pick him up and put him on the water. Jesus didn't translate him and all of a sudden peter finds himself standing on the water but all he had was the word of jesus everybody say the word all he had was the word of jesus that said peter come to me and all peter had we don't have any evidence in scripture that he had goosebumps that he had any witness of the spirit he didn't there wasn't a choir of angels singing he had just the words of jesus and he said come to me come here and peter acted on the word of jesus expecting just because he acted on the word of jesus that when his foot hit that water that god's power would meet him there there comes some point in time where you just got to act on the word just do it and expect him to meet you there now we don't have time we've talked about it some here before but this was just on my heart this morning it's been on my heart for a couple months and it was on my heart for you this morning we must do the works of him that sent us we must supernatural work a lot of work to do in the church a lot of good things to do we should do all there's a lot of things we need to be doing but this supernatural work we must not neglect it we must do this work give people supernatural help now there's a lot of aspects that we can help people supernaturally he could help us just we can speak words to people he could reveal to us things prophecy Tongues and interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of healing. There's ways that God helps us, but we have to let God work through us in these ways because people need to be helped in more ways than we could help them. And he wants to help you here this morning. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this word. We thank you for Jesus. Father, there's a work that we must do. We must bring people Jesus.